Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 175 of the Big Low Podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you all so much for your feedback on the previous 174 episodes that have been a part of uh, my life and yours. Welcome, Leah. Welcome, Jessica. When you're entering, I always invite people to share where they're from, where they're tuning in from. Welcome, Mary. Welcome, Jackie. How you're doing? What's happening for you? The subject today is love. But we're going to approach it from a different angle that I think you're going to find uh, quite expansive and uh, opening. And uh, maybe even a little bit revolutionary. You know, love is something that's a word that people use so often, so frequently, um, in so many different ways. We hear it in the pop songs, we hear it in the, the movies, uh, the romantic comedies, or the romantic uh, movies that don't have any humor in them, uncomedies, non-comedies. Um, we hear it uh, in you know novels and romance novels. So it's a term that we hear and we use and um, but, but there's a, a deeper level to love and what love is that I want to get into today. There's an interesting thing happening here where because of the way the camera is set up, I can't actually see myself. Hey, Sani, welcome. I can't actually see myself, but that's okay because as long as y'all can see me, that's what's uh, most essential. So there's this love that's, that's, that transcends what you hear about in the movies, what you hear about in pop songs, what you hear about in the romance novels. And it's something that is the essence of truth. It's the essence of truth. It's the essence of who and what we are. And it's what we're all looking for. It's what we're all searching for, even though we don't know we're searching for it, even though we don't always know we're looking for it, even though, as the song goes, we're looking for it in all the wrong places, right? And the place that we're looking for it that's wrong is so many different places because... The place we're looking for that's wrong is outside of ourself. Is outside of ourself. So looking for it in another person, which is what most people are doing, right? Looking for it uh, through our parents, looking through it through our mother, looking for it through our father, looking for it through our children, looking for it through our husband, looking for it through our wife. Looking for it, welcome Bob, looking for it through whoever we're looking through it for is the wrong place to look for love. And what's fascinating is you can actually find love in any of those places 
or all of those places if you find this essential essence, true essence of the absolute love that's being pointed at here and now in this moment. So this love is the essence of who we are. So it's a love that's not dependent upon anything or anyone. If it's dependent upon anything or anyone, then it's not the love that I'm talking about. And that's the fascinating thing with myself is I find myself now kind of being in this position that's interesting. Um, I sent a happy birthday post to my partner Annie this past week that got a lot of attention, a lot of buzz, a lot of inspiration. People were very inspired by it and that's that's really beautiful and it also creates it can create this further sense of a fallacy that, oh, if I just find the right person, then I'm going to be happy. Or if I just find the, the perfect twin flame or the perfect soulmate, you know, everything's going to, going to be okay for me. I just haven't been lucky. I've just been unlucky. If I just get lucky and someone just kind of falls out of the stars for me. And this is the biggest crock of bullshit. It's, it's like, and it's so predominant. I mean, people are selling this everywhere. You know, it's like, it's, Again, all the media on me out, so they're selling this notion that if you meet the right person, everything's going to be okay. If you meet the right person, everything's not going to be okay, number one. Number two, if you meet the right person, you're probably going to be challenged even more than you are now. You know, being single in a lot of ways is much easier than being in a relationship. Being in a relationship is harder, more challenging. than It's like you're unifying two two unique individual selves you know you're unifying two separate individuals and you're unifying them as one that's not easy you know that's that's like almost like going through surgery you know it's like you're literally like unifying right so it's like these two things were separate and neither coming together as one can be painful can be challenging can be difficult can be confusing can be exhilarating can be ecstatic it can be whatever it is it is whatever it is and whatever it is that's how it is but you're not looking for love or completion through the other person. Now, I know I say this and everyone's going to think, oh yeah, I know that, I heard, you know, but it's amazing how deep this runs. Like even in the people that are super conscious, super aware, super awake, um, how deep this sense of this codependent thing of like, and you're supposed to make me happy. You're supposed to make me happy and you're not making me happy. So because I'm not happy, whose fault is it? It must be your fault, right? I mean, one of, the most, one of the things that I've noticed is one of the primary reasons people get into a relationship is so they have someone to blame for their unhappiness. I mean, it's funny, but it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of being funny, but I'm actually sort of not being funny. Like that's, that's actually legit. Like they want to have some, because if you're not in a relationship, there's no one to blame. Right? So then you have to take the responsibility within yourself. Interdependence is my goal, says Courtney, which is exactly what I'm pointing at. Interdependence. Right? So there's this sense of 
taking the responsibility within yourself, discovering the love that you are. And when you discover the love that you are, that love can be realized with another. That love can be realized with a partner, with a girlfriend, with a boyfriend, with a husband, with a wife, with a child, with your parents, with a community, right? With a tribe, with an organization. And it starts within. It starts within and it starts with realizing who you really are and not depending upon another to be the source of your happiness. When you're not dependent upon the other to be the source of your happiness, then the other can amplify your happiness. It's sort of like they're like a nervous system that your energy is moving through. The energy, when I say your energy, I mean the energy of source. The recognition, the realization of who you really are and the energy of source is moving through. It's like, if, it's like a, and when you're a unified field, it's like, a, it's like this energy circuit that's moving through two of you or three of you or four of you or five of you or 12 of you or 100 of you, right? But for most of us, we haven't even gotten the two yet. Um, you become a unified field and they amplify the source energy that you are, right? So that's really beautiful, but it's only possible when you are connected to the source, God, spirit, the essence of love in yourself. Otherwise, it's impossible. And I rarely ever say anything is impossible because everything is possible, but this is impossible. It's impossible to have someone give you the love if you don't recognize and realize it in yourself. But when you recognize and realize it in yourself, all things are possible, right? So this love, let's just take a deep breath actually for a moment because there's a lot coming through today. And you can share, there's a share button. You can share this with your, with your friends, with your lovers, with your family members. You can always share this. Um, that's the beautiful thing about Facebook. It is about sharing. It's about opening and sharing together. There is a love that is not dependent upon anything, right? But I want to go deeper with that because that seems simple at first. It's like unconditional love. But this goes deeper than you might imagine. So the love is not dependent upon what other people think of you. It's not dependent upon what you think of yourself. Now that's a radical realization. And the only, read, the only way it cannot be dependent upon what other people think of you is if it's not dependent upon what you think of yourself. Because the two are interrelated, interconnected. So... What do people do when they're trying to love themselves? They're trying to think like, oh, let me think about like good thoughts about myself. Let me think about like, oh yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beautiful woman. Yes, I'm physically, my body is beautiful. I'm sexy, I'm, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm a nice person, um, I have a good family. So we're thinking of all these reasons why we should be loved. We're thinking of all these reasons why we're worthy of love. And what I'm saying is this, this, this deeper level of what love truly is, the, when you get exploded open, when you get blown open, when you get blasted open, the realization is there's no reason for this love. This love is beyond reason. This love is beyond cause and effect. 
So there's no reason for you to be loved. You just are love itself beyond any reason, beyond any sense of cause and effect. So the other way is I should be loved because of this, this, this. I, I should be loved because I have this much money in my bank account. I should be loved because I'm physically beautiful. I should be loved because I'm smart. I should be loved because look at the clothes I wear. I should be loved. Look at the car I drive. This is why I should be loved, right? But what I'm pointing at is this love has no basis whatsoever. Like it's, it is the essence of life. It is the essence of the universe. It's the essence of who you are. Even if your body disappears, even if your body dies, even if you, even if you get murdered, shot, killed, this love remains. And that's what the people that have realized this, this was the great joy. This was the great ecstatic realization. People like Jesus, right? There was a sense of like, oh, you can kill my body, but you can't kill this love, right? And there was this ecstatic energy of this realization that moved through, um, at that time, moved through the, what they called the apostles, right? People that were in this unified field together. There was a sense of love that was unshakable, that was unstoppable, that could not be killed, that could not be born. It was the essence of who and what you are. And this love is the love that relationships can be based on. And if it's not based on this love, it ain't based on much, I'll tell you that. It's based on ideas, it's based on imagination, it's based on fallacy, it's based on fantasy. And it's not going to hold, and it's not going to be strong, and it's not going to be steady, and it's not going to be rooted, and it's not going to be grounded. And it's not sustainable. So that's the love that the majority of people are looking for and searching for and thinking they have and thinking they lost and now they have it and now they don't have it. And of course... Of course, now you have it, and now you don't have it, and now it's here, and now it's gone, because it's not grounded, it's not rooted. This love that I'm pointing at is timeless, timeless, unshakable. Nothing can ever be done to shake this love. Nothing ever be done to end this love. Nothing can ever be done to begin this love. It's a love that's at the essence, at the core of everything that we're encountering, of everything we're experiencing, of everything that we're noticing, of everything that we're, that we're sensing, feeling, touching, tasting, smelling. It's all love. It's all love. Right? So then people say, well, how can it all be love? Aren't people being killed? Aren't people being molested? Aren't people being stabbed? Aren't people being robbed? Isn't there war? Yes, there is. All of those things. And so what? So what? You're not going to love because of that? That's the reason not to love? There's no reason not to love. There's no reason not to love what is. There's absolutely, positively, 100% no reason not to love what is. And there's no reason to love what is either, right? So there's no reason not to love or to love. It's just you're, you're opening, your consciousness opens to the essence of reality of the essence of what is, to the absolute essence of what is here. It's kind of like the motherboard beyond all the periphery sensations and ideas and beliefs and ideology and concepts and do you believe what I believe? You know, if you believe what I believe, then I like you. If you don't believe what I believe, then I don't like you. Do you agree with my story? If you don't agree with my story, then I don't like you. But if you do agree with my story, I like you. That's not what we're talking about, not what we're pointing at. There's a love that's deeper than 
thought, right? When I say thought, I'm pointing here just because people generally point here, but thought is actually, I don't know where to point for thought. Thought is everywhere. Consciousness is intelligence. Mind is everywhere, right? So we're talking about a love that's deeper than thought. Love is not what you think it is. That's the title of this podcast. And the reason for that is because whatever you think love is, that's not what it is. Love is deeper than thought. Love is not about agreeing with my thought and your thought are the same. So now we love each other. My belief and your belief are the same. So now we love each other. There's a love that's, I love you because you exist. I love me because I exist. And myself and yourself are the exact same self. And that's the love that we open to. Myself and yourself are the exact same self. There's absolutely no difference between myself and yourself. Everything that I'm looking at, everything that I'm encountering, everything that I'm noticing, everything that I'm experiencing is myself. Not myself, the story of me, myself as the absolute self. So now there's a sense of no separation. When there's the sense of no separation, I see people are really active and engaged and making a lot of comments. I don't, I don't, I don't actually see them, but I see that the screen is moving. So I'll try to get some, to some of those in just a couple of minutes. Just give, me a, just give me a couple of minutes. But keep sharing in the meanwhile. I really appreciate it. Myself and yourself is the exact same self. So in that sense, in that realization, there's no separation, and no separation is love. So you know, want to know what the essence of love is. Love is the realization of no separation. But not as an idea, not as a concept, not as a thought pattern. As a, as a living awareness, right? As an awareness that's alive, that's vital, that's present in the moment. Fear comes in when there's a sense of separation. There's a sense of separation, then you're not me, I'm not you, I'm this little person, this little body, I can be killed, I can be harmed, I can be hurt, and so now I have to be afraid. And when I'm afraid, there's no love. So what's so amazing to notice is when you notice someone that's really filled with hate, that's really filled with rage, that's really filled with vengeance, Two things. One, underneath all of that anger and rage and hatred, you have a person that's just really afraid, that's just really terrified, that's living in a world of separation. So they're living in a world of fear. And you have a, a person that's suffering tremendously because they're living in a world of separation and a world of fear. So this creates this, this compassion, you know, this innate compassion 
for whoever we encounter when we're able to see where people are operating from. Are they operating from a place of the realization of oneness, unified field, which is the love that we are, or fear and separation? I want to make one other point and then look at some of your questions and then we'll take it forward for the rest of the day. So somebody wrote me and they were saying that, um, get a sip of water. That they're getting to the heart of the truth. They've been, they've been going into quantum physics going into spiritual teachings, going into um, really deep into the truth of existence. And they were wanting my reflection, wanting my support um, to help them getting to the core of a certain essence of uh, absolute truth. And they sent me uh, a, I guess the beginnings of a book is what it really was. So that they're, they're kind of opening maybe like 15 pages of a book. And what am my reflection on it? And there was a lot of words, a lot of thinking, a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts. And I replied, and you know, when I reply, I'm just open. I don't know what's going to come through. It's kind of like a channeling, you know, just being available to what, what the message is in the moment, right? So I said a few different things, but I want to talk about one thing that I said here that I think is relevant to this topic which is in order to get to the absolute truth, because she's trying to approach it through science, you know, science and quantum physics and um, ne um, ne what's it called? Neurology, the field of like the, how the brain works and all of this different stuff. A lot of talk about the brain, how the brain works, how we think, how we don't think. So I say, you know, if you want to get to the absolute truth, because she's trying to get to, how do we create thoughts, right? How do we create thought? Which is an amazing question. I love the question. It's like such a phenomenal question. How, how do we create thoughts? Who's creating thoughts? How do we create thoughts, right? But you can't create, you can't discover how do we create thoughts by thinking. You can't discover how do we create thoughts by thinking because you're just in the realm of thoughts. So you're just kind of spiraling around, spinning around in thoughts, thinking about thinking, thinking about thinking, thinking about thinking, right? In order to get to who creates the thoughts, what is the creator of thoughts, you have to realize who is the creator of thoughts. You can't think about it. You can't talk about it. You can talk about it, but you're not actually getting to who is the creator of thoughts. What is the space that creates thoughts? The space where thought is created, the creator of thoughts is you, you're the creator of thoughts. Who else would it be, right? I don't mean you as a story of you because that's more thinking, that's more thoughts, that's more ideas. So whatever idea you have about yourself is just a thought, right? Whatever concept you have about yourself is just a thought. So to get to the creator of thought, you have to get to love. And this is where the scientists are falling short. You follow me? This is where the scientists haven't, they haven't gotten to love. So you have to awaken to a consciousness. 
You have to awaken to a consciousness that gives you the truth. The truth is not in an idea. The truth is not in a thought. The truth is not in a concept. The ideas, the thoughts, the concepts, including in this case, are a byproduct. They're a secondary expression of the truth, which is what, what I'm calling love, right? Which is this unified feel, which is this essence of what we are that transcends time and space, that transcends ideas, thoughts, emotions, feelings, circumstances, experiences, that transcends all that comes and goes and includes it. To get to the truth, you have to bring your awareness to that, which is you. And then everything makes sense. Everything is... And then you, you, you come back to this 3D dimension, this linear world of time and space, and you use words and thoughts and feelings to express the essence of truth. Right? So sometimes we joke like the scientists become mystics, you know, because you can only go so far spinning around in thoughts. You can only go so it's kind of you reach this edge of thought and you're like, but you're still just in this same like little um, kind of like a little sometimes I use the example of like a prison, right? You're in this kind of like prison with bars and you're just thinking and thinking. Thinking is I'm not in any way against thinking. I, I'm, uh, I totally support thinking. I support everything. But the truth here of love is beyond thought, is beyond thinking. So if you want to discover what love really is, you're not going to discover it by thinking about it. not going to discover it by thinking about it. It's opening to the, bringing the awareness to the love that's here right now. Bringing the awareness to the love that's here right now, which is not dependent upon anything or anyone. And so in this inquiry, now we're going to go even deeper for a moment. And what she was inquiring to me and what I've come to realize and what I'm just at the precipice of sharing with everybody who wants to listen is science has it wrong and they got it really wrong in this sense. They're looking at the world. Now there is some new science that's emerging. So I'm tired of talking about the kind of Newtonian uh, worldview, the material worldview of this objective reality of material objects, right? And these objects are separate from each other and there's laws that make these objects go and like this is just a total imaginary make-believe idea. And if, you, if you're in that imaginary world, then you, know, you can have all your theories and all your ideas and all your um, hypotheses within that imaginary world. But that's all it is. It's an imaginary world. And the truth is beyond our imagination. The truth is beyond our imagination. And the truth is there is no objective reality. There is no objective reality. There is no material world. There's just our imagination. There's just our stories. There's just like the coding of a program in a computer. 
like you see a video game and there's all this kind of virtual, it's like it seems so real, there's a virtual reality emerging, but it's all based on coding, right? It's all based on our programming, our stories, our beliefs, our ideas. Our imagination is creating what we're collectively experiencing. So the good news is when we start to realize this and we're starting to realize it, then we're going to be able to imagine whatever we want. We're going to be able to create whatever we want together. We're going to be able to bring into whatever we want together. We're going to be able to rewrite the stories. We're going to be able to re, we're kind of recode ourselves, reprogram ourselves, recondition ourselves. Because we're one with God and God is one with us. We're one with God and God is one with us. There's no separation. If there's no separation, which we've already established there's no separation. All right. Welcome, Carrie. If there's no separation, then there's no separation between myself and God. There's no separation between God and myself. There's no separation between you and God. There's no separation between God and yourself. Meister Eckhart said, God is closer to me than I am to myself. God is closer to me than I am to myself. Think about that for a second. God is closer to me than I am to myself. So however, however close you think you are to yourself, God is closer to you than that. And this is the essence of love. This is the essence of love. If you realize that God is... If God is closer to me than I am to myself, I'm thinking about myself. Am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Have I hurt people? Have I helped people? Do I make a difference in the world? Do I not make a difference in the world? Right? God is closer to me than I am to myself. Now I know what love is when I realize that truth. And inseparability is the foundation of who I am, is the foundation of love. And all my ideas, all my thoughts are based in duality, are based in separation. Separation, let's be really clear, is not a bad thing at all. Separation is a good thing as long as you realize it's not the, it's not the, it's not the absolute truth. It's not the reality. It's a play of form. It's a play of form. It's a dance of form through the realm of time and space. And then all these things like jealousy and um, envy and insecurity and all these kind of energies fall away because how can, you, how can you want something that someone else has when in essence you actually already have it? Right? Like everything that you're encountering, everything that you're experiencing, you have it in the moment. Whatever you're feeling, who's the one feeling it? You are. Whatever you're noticing, who's the one noticing it? You are. Whatever you're experiencing, who's the one experiencing it? You are. So the moment is fill, filled full in itself. This moment is filled full in and of itself.
And in this fullness, I recognize and realize what love is. Not by thinking about it. Right? Not by getting to some logical, analytical spot. But I realize in this moment what love really is. And I realize that I am that love. No matter what happens, no matter what doesn't happen. This love is, is present and this love is what and who I am and we are. The essence of God, the intelligence of God permeates everything. Everything, absolutely everything unconditionally and is the essence of who I am and what I am because it permeates me. One other thing that's important, when I talk about love, it's important to clarify, I'm not talking about feeling happy or feeling sad or pleasure or feeling pain. Love permeates everything. So it permeates happiness, it permeates sadness, it permeates pleasure, it permeates pain. It's an unconditional relationship with the moment. It's an unconditional relationship with whatever is arising in the moment. And that's the great freedom that's the great inner peace. That's the true love. And that's the true empowerment. Okay, anybody have any questions, comments? I'll look through your comments and uh, see what's happening on your end. I appreciate the, the interactivity. That's something that um, I really... Uh, invite here and uh, welcome and, and grateful for. Jackie says, God sees us as we are. Our ego creates a filter and distorts reality. How beautiful if we can see our own true selves and others. Courtney says, I'm less interested in the philosophy of oneness when there's so much division in allocation of resources, universal basic income. It's hard to feel love until needs are met. Faith and wealth divide. Welcome, Mike Klingler. Good to see you here. Welcome, Susan. If, you, if there's no separation, it changes entirely how you relate to others. I can't hold this all the time, but the more I do, the better I see others. Exactly. So that's the root. Like you can create all kind of political policies. You can have a different president. What, what difference is it going to make if people don't have a sense, if people don't um, realize the realization beyond separation? This is why I put my energy here because it's the foundation of everything else. You know, like... Um, People aren't going to, you can't make people wake up to a higher consciousness, right? But you can invite them. You can talk about it. You can point in the right direction, as Eckhart Tolle says, pointers, right? 
So, and then as that opens, then there can be policies, there can be presidents, there can be prime ministers, there can be Congress people, there can be senators, there can be people that represent the consciousness that the people have, are awakening to beyond separation. And that's absolutely exciting and inspiring. But the first comes before the other. It's like this, the other is a byproduct of the, of the, of the primary consciousness within each villain that's shifting in the opening. Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, right? Gandhi wasn't um, putting his primary emphasis on trying to vote for somebody. He was, he was being the change he wanted to see in the world. And as a secondary byproduct, you can vote, you can, you can, you can, you can create policy differences. But um, it's definitely not what's primary. That seems pretty clear. So we've had we've had some conversation. I have a private group, the Secret Glow, which we meet on Wednesdays, which you're all invited to to delve into. There's a link, and um, Leah's bringing up something here that's uh, we've been getting into a lot with about parents. So she says, during the conflict with my mother, I asked her one day, "Mom, will you ever love me unconditionally?" And she said, "Leah, I will never love anyone unconditionally." That was interesting information, and I'm still sorting through. I think that impacted relationship I had with men throughout the years. I really thank you for sharing so openly and vulnerably there. And I think that what we, what we were talking about is um, exactly that, that this love is not dependent upon anyone, right? So if it's dependent upon your mother, it's dependent upon your father, then there's no guarantee you're going to have it, right? Or not have it. Um, if it's dependent upon anyone, there's no guarantee. Even if it's dependent upon yourself, Right, yourself. When I say yourself, I mean the ideas that you have, or the beliefs you have, or the the um, ideology that comes or goes. But if you can realize who you really are, then you have this love that's unshakable, regardless of people, whatever people say or don't say, or like you or don't like you, or love you or don't love you. And it actually, it actually. Um, is the word imbues, it like permeates, that seems to be a word I'm using lately today, permeates your relationships. So it, it's brought into your relationships. So that love that is opened up between you is brought into the relationships that you have with others. Trying to be unconditional in an intimate partnership is a condition. I have no idea what that means, but I think you're saying that... Um, Maybe be authentic in relationships and don't try to be unconditional. Yeah, so Jackie's been to a lot of my retreats and she's going to be at my retreat uh, coming up for New Year's and I totally resonate with this statement. We are love unconditionally. I love the idea of amplifying with others, not just the romantic partner, but others, group, group tribe, groups tribe. So... There's something so amazing, and in our culture, um, Western world, we really lost the sense of like the tribe, the community. But when you can feel this unified field, and I've experienced it myself on multiple occasions, open up with a group of people, and just feel the oneness uh, express itself in the moment through a place of awareness, where everyone wakes up to the moment and is fully alive, open, available, present together for the universal creative intelligence that wants to move through us to move through us. In this moment, 
it's the most amazing feeling you can experience um, as a human being. Um, it's really, um, it really, it really brings into awareness of why we're here and what's potential and what's the possibility for us. Okay, what else do we got at the bottom here? Hey, Russell, welcome, sir. I have a vision of having you as a guest on this podcast soon. I don't know if you're still tuning in, but um, I've been meaning to tell you that, and I haven't been able to, I haven't, it hasn't happened yet, so this is a good moment to tell you. If you want to see love, Jessica says, you can find it everywhere you look. Thank you, Tabula. Yeah, absolutely. So Leah says there's still a sense of loss around this as she passed her over this year. Certainly. And, and this is not in any way, again, it's not discounting anything. That's the beautiful thing about what I'm sharing is that it includes everything. It includes everything. Nothing's left out. So um, there's the space to feel the emotion and the full range of emotion. There's the space to feel sadness. There's the space to feel pain. There's the space to feel joy. One of the things I always like to tell people is that of all the people I've encountered in the world, you know, the thousands of people I've talked with and communicated with and all the coaching sessions that I've done and all the retreats and all the workshops and all these different countries and cultures, what I've found is people are more afraid of joy and ecstasy than they are of sadness and pain. And that's why they don't have it. They're more afraid of joy and ecstasy than they are of sadness and pain because sadness and pain is the norm. It's like, it's like, a, it's like you know, just walk down the str any street in any city and that's the energy that most people are in. So you're kind of in the median range if you have a little bit. Okay, if you have an extreme amount, then you're outside of that median range. But if you have a you know, good amount of uh, sadness and pain, then you're relatable to people. But if you're walking around with joy and ecstasy, you're not relatable. People don't relate to you. I mean, it's, it's just, you're just weird. You're odd, you know? So it's, it's, you want to kind of, the, the idea is to kind of stay in that medium range. Don't feel too much joy. Don't feel too much ecstasy. Don't feel too much pain. Don't feel too much. But this includes everything. It includes the full range of feeling, the full range of emotion, the full range of loss, the full range of gain. So it's totally valid to feel whatever you're feeling and you're totally welcome to feel whatever you're feeling here and you're embraced to feel whatever you're feeling and there's a reminder there's a recognition and a realization that whatever you're feeling is temporary and it's not who you really are so in that realization there's a certain freedom that emerges it's like like, you know, certain ability to breathe, that this too will pass, right? This too will pass. So I acknowledge what I'm feeling and I recognize that it's not who I really am and it's, it's a temporary feeling, emotion, sensation, experience that will pass as all things pass, right? Even the, the earth will end one day. There'll be no more earth. There'll be no more human beings. There'll be no more universe. 
There'll be no more Donald Trump. There'll be no more uh, oceans. There'll be no more forests. There'll be no more sky. Whatever you think you're holding dearly, and whatever thing you think that you're holding dearly to, I guarantee you there's going to be no more of that in the future. With anything you can think of that you think like, oh, you know, this is really important to me. I guarantee you there's going to be no more of that in the future, right? Anything. Planet Earth. Everything that you love on this earth is going to go, right? But you are not going to go. The essence of who you are is not going to go. And when you start to recognize that and realize that and open that, it's, it's the game changer. It changes everything. And it doesn't make you more disconnected from the world. It makes you more engaged. It doesn't make you more, um, less, it doesn't make you care about the world less. It makes you care about it more. But it's a different kind of care. It's a different kind of love. It's not the first love I was talking about. It's the second love I was talking about. So if you just tuned in, you want to hear the whole thing. We went into kind of what, how most people view love and how most people think about love. And then we went into this deeper level of this absolute essence of love, which is a totally different kind of love, which is not something that's been expressed very often in the human consciousness, in the human collective yet. Hmm. Welcome to Susan, King Lexi. Leah says, this is true. I had someone come over to me once in the Northern California tribe, a really respected facilitator who said to me, Leah, there are some of us in the tribe who just cannot understand your enthusiasm. (laughs) It was joy and bliss that I was feeling and I felt since 1994. That's a long time to be feeling joy and bliss. That's great. When I realized through yoga and Louise Hay that I was full, whole, and and, and complete. The loss of my mom has just brought up these fundamental differences we had around unconditional love. And then it's so good just to be together. It's so good just to be together without the need to get to a future point that's going to make us happier in the future. There's no future payoff point, right? Just being here together This is where the essence of love is. This is where the essence of God is. It's not in any future point. The essence of love and the essence of God and the essence of now, the essence of everything, is here in this moment. And the thing is, it's, it's really quite simple. It's not something that you have to have a strong intellect to grasp. In fact, the intellect, people who have a strong intellect are usually more difficult for them. because they're trying to find the solution through thinking. Trying to find the truth through thinking. Trying to realize through thinking. But love is here right now. God is here right now. 
That doesn't mean that I don't plan a date on the calendar for next week or I don't you know, set up a meeting for tomorrow. But it means that I'm creating the future. I'm creating this human existence from this essence of God and love that is only in the timeless now. That's the place to be. That flows through, you know, that's alive, that's, that's present, that's here, that's now, and it creates the future. So again, you, you're engaged in life. You care about what's happening. but in a different kind of way, in a way that has absolute freedom. Absolute freedom in alignment with the truth. Absolute freedom in alignment with who and what you really are. Leah says, although I'm feeling maybe deeper feeling now, the truth is still there that I am loved and loved too. I think it's time to join your group. That's beautiful, Leah. I'm really happy to hear that, that you have come that recognition and realization. And uh, yeah, the group, thebigglow.com slash online is my uh, private group where we delve in deeper every Wednesday and throughout the week. And we have a great group of people. Jackie's in there. Love to have you join us. Love to have anybody join us who's, who feels inspired to. There's a seven-day free trial as well. Check out the information. Let me know if you have any questions about it. Jackie says, I can relate. The love from my mother has always been conditional. I almost repeated that pattern with my children, but tried hard to release it. If anybody wants a uh, complimentary one-on-one coaching session, those are available as well. Just send me a message or use the uh, calendar that's listed to, to schedule that. We have a great group of retreats coming up, including a New Year's retreat, silent retreat in Thailand, silent retreat in Florida, seven-day retreat in Italy, um, an event in Asheville with John Stringer, first week. John's actually in a few of those events, but first week in, uh, in January as well. Really love and appreciate you guys Tremendously, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for being a part of this this uh, podcast journey. Um, some of you are new, fairly new. Some of you have been here for, for a while. Um, but I feel like it's just getting better. You know, it's just getting better and we're just kind of finding our group more and more. And it kind of happens whenever it happens, um, which is right now it's happening. But you can always check out the archive on um, here, Facebook Live, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and on Apple Podcasts. You can check out the, the archive. They're, they're all archived. Maybe on a few of those channels are not all archived, but there's a, a lot of them archived. Um, so you can check out previous ones. You can check out this one anytime. You can watch, rewatch. You can ask me questions. Leah says, I would, I would, I would, Brian will definitely message you interested in both of your retreats plus Asheville with friends newly moved there. Would love to tell them about it. Great. Fantastic. Have a beautiful rest of your day. 
Thank you all for being here and see you in the next now.